when wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. Wasted. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Hello, welcome to another episode of True Crimes Against Wine. Sidebar. Woo! What are we talking about today? Okay. So today's question comes from Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Who wants to know, what are your thoughts on absinthe? On absinthe? Yes. <laughs> okay. Short sidebar. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Absinthe is something that is very, like, you either love it or hate it. There's okay. really no in-between. For instance, Fact Checker fucking loves absinthe. Yes. I cannot stand the smell of it the taste of it, but I don't like things that are licorice or anise mm, Okay. Absinthe is made from fennel and anise. Okay. So two things that are both very licorice in taste. Yes. So it's just not my cup of tea. Okay. But it is kind of a cool spirit. There's a whole ritual to drinking it. Ooh. It has a really fascinating history. I'm sure you've heard it called the Green Fairy yeah. in the past. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mystique around it and like it's supposed hallucinogenic qualities yeah. and things like that. So you want to dive into a little bit of that? Yes, let's do it. Cool. Like I said, it is derived from fennel and anise. Okay. But the main ingredient of it that it's distilled from are the leaves and flowers of Artemisia absinthium, mm. which is grand wormwood. Oh. So it's a type of plant and much like, you know, gin or something mm-hmm. like that, they're using that plant as the distillate for okay. it. Okay, cool. So it's typically going to be green because it is so herbaceous and Mm -hmm. it gets that coloring from the chlorophyll in the leaves. Okay, cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be clear depending on how it's made. Okay. But typically it's going to be green or like have like a slightly pale green color to it. Okay. Gotcha. It is typically 45% to 74% alcohol. Oh boy. But (laughs) there's a reason for that that we'll get into because you don't, it's not really meant to be drunk straight. Okay. Boy, I think I understand why people say it makes you hallucinate. (laughs) It originated in Switzerland actually Hmm. in the 18th century. Although there is evidence as far back as 1500 BC, the Egyptians using this wormwood plant Mm -hmm. as for like medicinal purposes. Okay. So it was really made as a a drink in the 18th century, Mm. and it was meant to be kind of medicinal at the time. In the 1840s, they actually were sending it to the French troops, like in Algeria and stuff, as a malaria remedy and preventative. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting. I guess just kind of pickles your whole body. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's kind of the same thing as, you know, how, like, that's how gin and tonics came about, because they were sending out the quinine uh, tonic water, and they would drink it with gin. Right. Alcohol just has a really fascinating history. It does. We should start a podcast. (laughs) We should, and talk about it. Yeah. So the French troops really got into drinking absinthe, Mm -hmm. and so they brought their love of it back into France, where it became immensely popular. Okay. Especially as you move into the late 1800s, early 1900s, Mm -hmm. and that sort of belle epoque. Yeah, that's kind of what I associate absinthe with in my mind. Yeah. Like Bohemian, Parisian. It was very Bohemian. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because it became this really big fad where it was kind of a joiner between the upper class and the lower class Mm. because everybody was drinking it, whether you were a poor artist or a very rich person. My dog (laughs) has feelings about this, clearly. (laughs) 
Hermes, please be quiet. He's Thank been you. watching a lot of Moulin Rouge recently. He has, yes, chasing that green fairy. <laughs> That's right. At a certain point, I believe it was between 1880 and 1910, mm-hmm. because it was so popular, the price really plummeted for it. Oh. And it became a massive, massive sensation. So like people were drinking, just in France alone, 36 million liters of absinthe per year. That's so much. It is, but guess how much wine they were drinking. This is just in France. 50. 5 billion liters of wine. Oh my God. Okay. France knows how to party. Seriously. And that's not like how much wine they were producing. That's how much wine they were drinking before you even count exports and selling to other countries. I think I understand why this was the Belle Epoque now. Seriously. People were lit. Living it up and loving life. Yeah. So Wormwood does have something, there's a compound in it that is a slight hallucinogen. However, it's in such small quantities in absinthe that it's it's barely present. Yeah. So technically it doesn't have anything more going on with it than other alcohols do. Mm -hmm. However, it gained this reputation due to the prohibitionists um, who really were anti-absinthe for a long time. Okay. But also they were allied with big wine. Because big wine was feeling threatened by the Mm. massive success of absinthe. So they paired together to be like, no, absinthe is bad. And I actually have a quote that I'm going to read. Yes, please. From one of the prohibitionists at the time. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. This is from one of the critics. Absinthe makes you crazy and criminal, provokes epilepsy and tuberculosis. (laughs) Okay. And has killed thousands of French people. Mm. It makes a ferocious beast of man, a martyr of women, Mm. and a degenerate of the infant. What infants are drinking absinthe? (laughs) What babies are going crazy for absinthe? Right? It disorganizes and ruins the family and menaces the future of the country. Wow. So in 1905, there was a Swiss farmer, Mm -hmm. Jean Lafray, who murdered his entire family and attempted to kill himself after drinking two glasses of absinthe. I feel like there were other things going on with him, though. Probably not just the absinthe. (laughs) He was an alcoholic and had massive amounts of wine and brandy before he had the absinthe. Gotcha. Okay. It turns out. Oh, what a surprise. But they didn't tell that part of the story in the newspapers, of course, and use that as part of the propaganda as well. Uh Uh-huh. And so they were able to secure 82,000 signatures to ban (gasps) absinthe. Wow. And it went before their, like, Swiss Congress, whatever they call that. And they were able to pass in their constitution an official ban <gasps> against absinthe. And then a lot of other countries wow. started following suit, like France and the U.S. Really? And, mm-hmm. Now, it never got banned in Spain or in England. So okay. they were... They were still producing there, which meant that at a certain point when it became popular again, Uh it was a lot easier to get these other countries going again because there were other places that were already producing it. That's just crazy that it's actually in the Swiss constitution. Yeah. Now, of course, that's been overturned. Sure, sure, sure. What do you call it when you undo an amendment? Unamendy? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's no longer banned in Switzerland. Right. But what's interesting is that there is this myth about it being this crazy hallucinogenic, almost like an opium sort of situation. Yeah, exactly. Mystique about it. 
when in reality, none of that's true. And it's even prevailed to this day to where people will talk about like, oh, it is this absinthe. Does it have like the real wormwood in it? Mm. Because I heard that that's banned. It's not. And mm. yeah, most of them do have the real wormwood, especially if it's a green absinthe. Okay. But you can also make it using other types of wormwood as well mm. that doesn't carry that same green. Okay. And has like a slightly lower alcohol. Okay. It's kind of like gin in that way, where mm. you can use many different distillates. You gotcha. know, like okay. High Clear Castle uses yeah. oats as yes. their distillate, yeah. along mm-hmm. with the juniper. Mm-hmm. It has a cool ritual when you drink it. The reason that it's got such high alcohol mm. is because it's meant to be diluted. So mm. you basically what you're doing is you're taking this very special slotted spoon, mm-hmm. and they're really beautiful. They have so many cool designs from that era. Mm-hmm. And you put a sugar cube on it on okay. top of your absinthe glass. Okay. And then you've got a special fountain that trickles cold water over the sugar cube and slowly melts it down mm. into the absinthe glass. And okay. then you drink it when it's done. Okay. Have you ever been, like, done traditional absinthe from an absinthe No, fountain? I've never tried it. It's it's really interesting. You like that flavor, right? That kind of I like it okay. Yeah. It's not my go-to, but I would have, like, one drink with yeah. that. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're meant to do. You're yeah. not supposed to really, like, drink absinthe all night long. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not the same as sherry or port or something sure. like that. But yeah. it's ritualistically it's kind of the same like you do it as either right before dinner or right after Mm, kind of situation because it is so herbaceous that Mm. it helps with your stomach okay so So if somebody wanted to get absinthe today could you get that at like the liquor store store? Uh, yeah i would say if it's a good liquor store you can probably find it okay i I wouldn't like go to your local corner package store and expect to find some but yeah at the larger more well-stocked liquor stores yeah they should have several different types of absinthe actually Okay. Well, thank you, Topher. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie, for yes. asking that question. Thanks, Jamie. And send Topher a bottle of absinthe. They'll <laughs> drink all of it. I will gladly give that to Fact Checker <laughs> and allow him and Judge Rachel to go ham together and chase that green fairy. Well, maybe we could all try it like one glass with it, doing like the little sugar cube mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. We can try that sometime. Yeah. I actually thought about getting, for our anniversary one year, um, I thought about getting an absinthe fountain for fact checker yeah but they are crazy expensive to get the fancy ones and i if i'm gonna do it i want to do it right because there's the ones that actually have like a green lady in that art nouveau type that's that's like supporting the fountain you know i love that style and that's what i would want to do okay fair enough yeah one day but you know once once we start making that crazy podcast money yeah (laughs) (laughs) so any sponsors out there any absinthe? Hey, big absinthe. Hey, big absinthe or big wine. Either way, we are flexible. That's right. <laughs> anyway, thank you again, Jamie, so much yes. for that question. We'll send you some swag. And anybody else who has any questions for us, whether it is beverage related, celebrity related, about our personal lives. Sure. About your car insurance. Okay. We'll do our best to answer it for you. <laughs> You maybe shouldn't listen to all of our input on some things, but <laughs> well, yeah. We will try. Yeah, we'll give opinions. <laughs> we'll be entertaining about it at least. Sure. You can reach us at True Crimes Against Wine on Facebook as well as TikTok. Gmail and Instagram. That's right. We look forward to hearing from you. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye.